You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. On this week's RE Snapshots, we're chatting with Dr. Gurjeet Gill. He's an Associate Professor in Agronomy and Weed Science at the School of Agriculture, Food and Wine at the University of Adelaide. Gurjeet Gill, along with his colleague Ben Fleet, recently completed some research that says if you don't get a knockdown in, it's not a problem. So delaying the sowing of wheat or barley to get a knockdown in some cases in their research led to a reduced number of grass weeds in crop but the weeds in the later sown crop often set more seeds than the lower number of weeds in the early sown crop. This work was covered recently in RE Insight by Peter Newman, and I'll provide the link for that in the show notes as well. But Gurjeet Gil does join us to reveal a little bit more information about this work. How are you going, Gurjeet? Yeah, good, thanks, Jess. Yeah, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. So firstly, what were you seeking to look at in this recent research? Well, in this research... We're trying to integrate non-chemical tactics uh, such as sowing time, crop seed rate with our herbicides to just make our weed management more robust. So what we're really saying is that crop competition is one of the central pillars of weed management. And that applies even where we are using herbicides in the system. So it's not that when herbicides are being used, competition becomes less important. It is extremely important in terms of suppressing the weeds that survive the chemicals to stop them from producing less seed for the future. And it's also really important in terms of minimizing the yield impacts of the weeds that survive the weed control. So in this work, we're not um, downplaying the importance of knockdown herbicides. So, So we say weeds that are up at the time of seeding should be killed effectively with knockdowns. But then we integrate these other tactics uh, to, to minimize their, their growth in seed set. Uh, what we're also saying is that we shouldn't really wait too long at the, after the break, because otherwise we're going to be seeding in those really cold, miserable months when crops grow really slowly, and they're not going to be able to compete with weeds effectively. So, so we're just trying to find the right balance, I guess, to, to enhance our weed management. That makes sense. So today we're focusing on the three trials which you undertook recently. What did you find with these particular trials, Gurjeet? So uh, we undertake uh, roughly about 10 trials each year uh, with GRDC funding uh, in in the southern region. And we selected these three trials for RE Insight just to highlight some of the key principles in terms of uh, these interactions or the effects of sowing time and seed rate and herbicides uh, on on weed management. So we've used these three case studies to illustrate that when we delay sowing, uh, what can happen in terms of weed management. Yeah, so what are some of the uh, findings that you got from looking at this research in terms of what we mentioned in that intro there with delayed sowing and knockdowns? What were the findings? Yeah, so what we've found, which is quite interesting, uh, is that uh, that the delayed sowing uh, can reduce uh, the number of weeds in crops, but it depends very much on the type of weed population that a grower has in, in his paddock. In some populations, uh, which have low dormancies, which means they come up quite quickly after the, the opening rains, 
you can, in fact, cause quite a large reduction uh, from waiting for two or three weeks um, to have more weeds come up. But what we've also found, which I guess was a little bit of a surprise to some, was that uh, through our management practices, growers have been selecting for more and more uh, of high dormancy populations. That means they don't just come up straight after the opening rains. Uh, they take several weeks before they establish. And in those type of populations, delaying sowing, we found, has had virtually no impact in reducing in-crop populations. And also, on top of that, what we found is that because we haven't had much of a reduction in weed populations, uh, the latest on crops, because they grow much more slowly because of the low light intensity, shorter days, polar temperatures, these weeds that come up in the late sown crops, in fact, thrive. They end up uh, producing huge amount of seed for the future. And, and the other thing on top of that, to rub it in, I guess, is that uh, farmers are also then losing, you know, in our trials, we found more than a ton in grain yield from having delayed their sowing by that three or four week period. So not only have you uh, lost yield potential, uh, but you've also gone backwards in terms of uh, the weed seed set, which uh, we found was sometimes uh, 30, 40, 50% greater in the later sown crops. Yeah, that's really interesting and, yeah, quite concerning when you think about it. So you kind of alluded a little bit there to what's happening with the crop's competitiveness. Can you just talk a little bit yeah. more to that about what can happen if you sow late to your crop's ability to be competitive with weeds? Yeah, so... So as I was saying, yes, that uh, in the later sown crops, because we are planting the crops into very cold soils, so let's think about mid-June, for example, if you really got held up or you waited deliberately to get more weeds up, uh, the the crops are being sown into very cold soil and it is also getting a bit wet, uh, short days. So the photosynthesis rates, the growth rates of the crops are really low Whereas weeds are better adapted to those later colder conditions, so such as ryegrass, it, it, it comes up and then it thrives because our crop isn't growing at a, at a fast rate. It's allowing more light to get to the uh, low-growing ryegrass. So it basically uh, has a field day and it ends up producing more tillers, more heads, and it then, uh, basically sets huge amount of seeds. For, for the future. So we've seen that in in uh, in many of our trials. That And we've seen that also with brome grass. So it's not just with ryegrass, it's also with brome, that then these weeds, in fact, end up setting, setting more seed. And farmer is going backwards on both fronts, that they are losing more yield potential, uh, or even in terms of weed competition, they are going backwards. But also, you en- you're ending up with more seeds there are weed seeds that you'll have to manage into the future, and they may be there for the next two or three years. So you not only have got issues for next year, but it could also be an issue for the for the year after that because your weed set seed set is not so much greater. Yeah, seeding issues for down the track as well. So, Gurdji, yeah. what is the key takeaway then of this research that you've done? So I guess what we are saying is you still need to use a good knockdown. So get rid of the weeds which are growing there uh, at the time of sowing, but don't deliberately aim for going too far 
beyond the uh, your optimum sowing time for your district. So if it is, let's say, mid-May for, for good yields and also in terms of avoiding frost risk, well, that's when you should be aiming for 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 your seeding and then integrate that with uh, higher seed rates where possible and care with selection of the herbicide treatment that's going to work. Sometimes we, farmers can skimp on, you know, not using the best herbicide for the situation. So if it's a higher weed situation for ryegrass, for example, you know, you should be looking at using your Sakura or Boxer Golds if they're still working in your situation rather than some of the more cheaper options. So get the whole package together uh, at, at a good crop density that's going to work. So it could be up to about 200 plants per square meter for your situation and be planting it into in the first fortnight or by mid-May to, to make use of those good growing conditions. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gurjeet. That all makes perfect sense and really great research to be sharing at this time as well. We really appreciate you taking the time to give us a great overview. And if people would like to look at those specific case studies that Peter Newman pulled out for RE Insight, like I said at the top of the podcast, I'll provide the link for that and you can listen to the podcast and read in detail about Gurjeet and Ben Fleet's work. So thank you so much, Gurjeet. Thank you, Jess.